0: This is the Real Estate Guru 254 podcast and we are now coming up on episode number 5. In case you didn't catch episode number 4, maybe you should as today's conversation is an extension of what we covered there and maybe you won't really get to see the full picture if you only listen to this episode. So think of this episode as your, as you would, you know, buy one, get one free offer on pizza and that this is like the extra toppings on that pizza. So you want the full experience of the pizza. That's what you really want want so including the extra toppings, right? So you should get to listen to episode four. Okay, listen, even if you didn't understand the analogy with the pizza, make time to listen in on episode four too. My name is David Mbatia, founder of Real Estate Guru. This conversation is just an extension like I said of what came last week in which we delved into the nitty-gritty of the property acquisition process in Kenya. So before Monica and I get into it any further, remember what we said last week? i am doing a, a gratitude list and so i have another name on my gratitude list and the name is tindi this one has a, a little bit of a backstory so let me start with that the idea for this podcast was actually with some time late in 2019 with a view to launch in late uh 2020 and then you know you guys know what you know how everything just got shot to pieces in in 2020 so but i digress In October 2019, uh, my friend Tindi drove me to a studio to research what looked to be a potential partner for the recording and production of this podcast. So Tindi had already begun her own podcast based on her own life experiences and you know she was encouraging me to get started so at in at least this way you know she got me curious about the journey and even encouraged me along the way uh, i think that sharing this might surprise her since i didn't even mention that i got off the blocks with it but you know what would i know right thanks tindi um you know thank you I, I really appreciate um your encouragement so in this episode We'll go a little past the due diligence process, which is what we covered in uh, episode 4, and get to know a little bit more about the property transfer and registration process in Kenya. We're going to cover a conversation around consents, documentation, these are called completion documents, and generally just beginning to understand how the process uh, works. Again, you know, I hope that you guys will pick up something new and beneficial about real estate in Kenya. Joined by Monica Mwangi, and we will just pick up the conversation from where we left off. Ah, yeah. I imagine that I'm knowledgeable, but <laughs> <laughs> um, it's always good when you're learning something it is new. True. Yeah, so have we completed due diligence at this point?
1: We have, I think we have, uh-huh. unless you have any other questions. Yeah, and at
0: this point then the parties can then agreement
1: of state. Yes. No, that is not the... This the next step after due diligence that means everything has checked out and you're comfortable your your advocate is comfortable we go to the next step where we do now we we do an agreement of sale where we put the terms and conditions of this transaction ideally the most important parts are number one make sure that the the details of the seller and the buyer are captured correctly you don't want to be buying property from david Warobi, but the agreement says david kamutu who is that then when in case of anything then this person does not exist so you need to make sure that the 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 details of the parties are correctly captured number two is consideration the amount of money that you're paying it needs to be reflected the payment plan at this part i need to say the standard deposit should be 10 percent please remember this due diligence has been done but there are still so many other steps before you have the gotten this property
0: yes and you want
1: exactly and you want to minimize the risk in the event that moving forward you're unable to acquire the property so the natural or the advisable amount of deposit is 10 percent so if you are doing 4.5 million give four hundred and fifty thousand. so
0: Question and at this point, yes, let's assume we've cleared all these hurdles, we've gone through the due diligence, the deposit has been paid. But party B, who was the buyer, reneges on the transaction, in other words, they go into default, they fail to meet the terms and obligations that they had accepted under the agreement of sale. What technically have.
1: So now, that will be covered in the terms of the agreement. We were talking about now the part of payment. The other part goes to completion dates. Completion and the completion dates. Like I said, ideally, the natural term, the natural period is 90 days. After Within 90 days means payment should have been completed and uh, the buyer should have gotten their title. So obviously, the agreement includes now what you're asking, something called the termination clauses. The termination clauses. So this means in the event either of the party is unable to fulfill its obligations as outlined in the agreement yeah, the executed agreement what happens so i will go i'm going to say this i'm going to talk about the standard practices or the standard you know provisions ideally in the event a buyer like you're asking is unable to fulfill its obligations which basically are the payment obligation within the given period of time what happens remember you would have paid a deposit of 10 percent right we give an example of 4.5 million so you have paid 450 000, so you're unable to complete the transaction or for what whatever reasons you want to repudiate this contract to nullify this contract you don't want to proceed what happens you are going to forfeit 10% of the money that you've already paid because that's the standard practice yes the standard practice is going to forfeit 10% of the money that you've already paid to them yeah
0: naturally also because there's a the passage of time
1: exactly and
0: that other party has
1: been
0: waiting yes for the funds. yes you've given them 90 days exactly transaction has not um, matured yes so naturally then they would have the right to ask because they had stopped any process of trying to sell the, the property, property. Yes. Yeah.
1: So we call it reasonable preestimate of the loss suffered by the seller. You would know. be the yes. equivalent to the ten percent. Exactly. Now the one thing we need to note. Now this depends on how the agreement is drafted. After forfeiting the ten percent, then what no raises the question is does the buyer immediately refund you, you know, the balance now after removing the 10%? So it depends, like I said, on the function of the contract. There's instances where the contract says immediately refund the balance now after removing the 10%. And there are instances where the contract says uh, you will wait until the buyer resells, no, the seller resells the property, so first, sell gets another buyer who gives them money because they will say, I, I, I use the money. I spend the money. I don't have the if, money. If
0: you had paid me, say, 30 40% at the time that you, re- you are retracting,
1: yeah now so, I have your
0: 30 percent exactly
1: so oh. you will say uh you will the contact with you will have to wait for me to get a new buyer for so they make a deposit and then i can refund you your deposit but like i said it is pre-estimate clause that the seller has suffered because he was holding he or she was holding this property for okay. you now there's okay. obviously the other instance rather where the seller decides now you know i don't want to sell you this property maybe they've gotten a bigger a better offer, a better offer somewhere or <laughs> so they were selling same. the property because they needed <laughs> the money urgently like this, they've gotten money so now they say now or rather they are unable or for whatever reasons, may, may not even be able to do with money, maybe mm. the, the land control board has refused to give them a consent or their wife has come and said there was, a dispute. Say, there was yeah. a dispute or there was uh, you know this property was owned by uh, their other beneficiaries, you know, something of the sort mm. the point is, the seller is unable to, to perform its obligations yeah. under the agreement, so what happens what happens in this particular case, you had paid a deposit, now on the Aside, they're supposed to give you back your deposit with interest at bank rate. Okay. Again, it depends with what the contract says. The contract would say at bank rate, or you could have, you could have agreed maybe at 10 percent, at 8 percent. Depends with know what you have agreed as okay. parties. Because those would
0: be included in the clauses for the sale. Yes
1: yes so now but this also is governed obviously by the agreement it is important to know that the agreement is the primary document governing this transaction right Uh, now this allow me to go back to our first episode to talk about representation this is where something called the the conflict of interest comes back you will find now I'm representing both parties right this party wants 10 percent this party wants at 15 percent you see if you have your own independent advocates you know the negotiations that,
0: that's already cut out exactly a, there's a foregone conclusion about how the matter would have been handled yes because you're you have independent
1: exactly so you also find sometimes advocates who are representing both parties end up doing these clauses as a silence so there is no once there is a default you are not getting any interest and you are not being cut any interest mm-hmm. so it's because you know you are trying it's to quiet be about yeah because you are trying to be impartial to both parties yeah. so that's all kind of the issues that you need to think about when okay. you. Yeah.
0: but naturally there should be compensation for either party that is losing now they're yes, losing time
1: or yes. They're losing money. exactly okay. so now we're talking about the contract you see now the next step is a contract the contract has been signed so like i was insisting that the natural amount or the advisable amount is 10 percent. so once you pay the 10 percent, now the seller has the seller their agent and their advocate have some work to do which is gathering together the documents for completion there are things you need to have for this transaction for the transfer to be approved number one you need consent a number of them we're going to start with the most common one the land control board content lcb content yeah. it's called an lcb content an lcb content is means let me give you an example each property has a different assuming you're buying a property machacos then you're governed by machacos registry right so in the machacos area to ensure that everybody sells the property without duration or knowingly, there's a there's a commission, or rather we call it a board, board yes. of it's immediately composed of elders of that area, maybe the chief, the DO, some church elders, people who know the people around there to make sure that the seller has not been coerced, right? Or Or that he's not
0: dispossessing.
1: Exactly. His family. His family, his yeah, property. Yeah. So that is why you find, you know, you have to appear before a land control board to get a consent to transfer this property to the seller. Yes. So ideally, you are the seller. The seller, the seller appears before the, the land control board to get their consent to transfer this property. So that one, you need to have it. The other consent is something called spousal consent. This
0: is for, and and maybe you can elaborate a little bit, back. Is this purely for property acquired during uh, marriage, or it is including property outside, acquired outside? Like if I was married, then uh, like I am. And...
1: So now, David, do you want us to discuss matrimonial property? <laughs>
0: yeah, you I buy.
1: No, in essence, if David is married, they need to give you, they need to give you their spouses' consent. consent. Yeah. But I also have to say. In the new um, Matrimonial Properties Act, and following the precedents of our courts, the properties to acquired, you know. Before. A, even a subsistence of your marriage and mm. um, your spouse does not you know, did not make any contribution to the choir, like, this yeah, is an acquisition. acquisition of the property, it's okay. still your property so in essence, mm. you don't need for yeah, their consent, okay. but you also need to, if in the, if that's the case, then we insist on an affidavit stating you know, that this is your property, that your spouse has no...
0: And this would be signed by me assuming that I'm trying to sell property that I bought before I got married and that my wife has no, she was not a
1: yeah, <laughs> uh, <but> you- <laughs> <laughs> I guess because, because ideally, it's uh, your spouse has the major, the, you know, the natural rights that the, the she or he has other, co- it, it's on matrimonial property only. The other properties are subject to, you know, subject to discussion on how they acquired, and that is why we have the land control board. Because the land, when you go to the land control board, you need as a husband, you need they will ask you where is your wife, then your wife will come and now they will have given us when they give you a consent. It basically means ideally, your wife was there and said they had they identified that this property is no matrimonial property in which case your wife has no rights or yeah. spousal rights over yeah
0: sorry Monica I was laughing in my head yeah I was trying to think of all the men oh it sounds very
1: complicated <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yes so we've we've gotten the, the land control how is, how is the matrimonial consent done? Is it done in the form of an
1: affidavit? Yeah, it's done in the form so if, of an affidavit. It's only okay. your, your spouse signs an affidavit stating that they know that you're selling this property. Yeah. They have no dispute uh, over the said sale or the said yeah. transaction yeah. and uh, you know, giving basically giving your blessing to proceed yeah. and sell the property. Yeah,
0: because it's registered in your name. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh. Are we done with consents?
1: Yes, we are done with consent. The other thing that we need, no, we are done with consent. The other thing we need, but we already discussed this, is now the rate certificate. Um, This is specifically
0: for uh, leaseholds?
1: Yes, properties. Leasehold properties, and yes then the other thing that we need no we're talking about now this these documents are called completion yes i forgot to state that these documents are called completion documents there's something had mentioned called capital gains tax capital gains tax acknowledgement slip so this one the the government imposed this tax on the seller sellers of property Uh, it's tax you pay on the profit you made from selling this property so it means basically that it's the difference right it's a five it's it's five percent of the difference okay let me try explain this a better way assuming you bought this property three years ago or five years ago okay before i go there let me say it starts from two B, two years a property you bought over and above two years and then it's a property over and above three million transaction three million mm-hmm. kenya shillings yes so assuming you bought this property five years ago you bought it at uh, a also million i'm
0: aware that if there is a property you are residing in and that you're residing in i think for a certain duration of time yeah then you also don't
1: pay yeah, there are, there are exemptions. There are exemptions. Yeah, that right. one, like, uh, that one, and, and the property, like, for a property where you're, you're inheriting property, you're not yes. supposed to pay capital gains tax. Mm. You understand? Yes. Yeah, those kind of things. So maybe you're transferring to your wife, those ones mm. not. So, um, I was trying to give an example. You bought property at 1 million 5 years ago. Yeah. So you're selling it today at 10 million. So it's 5% of the 9 million, mm. which is now the gains tax. Can I ask that
0: question? Yes. Is that tax calculated mm-hmm. on... Is that tax calculated on the garment valuation of the property or is it calculated on the basis of what you actually pay? And I ask this question because, you know, the, the market has been very quiet, especially over the last few years because of COVID and the, the economic situation that, that we're seeing in kenya but i believe globally as well and so you will actually find that there are properties today that are being sold well outside even the government valuations i recently sold a property 4.8 million which had a valuation of 6 million shillings so i'm curious to know on what basis is that calculation done is it done on what you actually paid or is it actually done on
1: what you actually paid because it is income on your side you cannot pay tax Theoretically. on the automatically something that you don't have it's yeah. it's it's tax on what you have been paid and also it's self-assessment so it's also what you that very interesting <laughs> because we live in Kenya. and self-assessment
0: should know what that means i'm pretty sure there's a lot of non- you because you're the one
1: who logs in and ident- and, 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 and discloses and, yeah. and, and so the only person actually who holds you who holds you accountable is the buyer. Yeah. Because they have to present these capital gains tax on their side when you're doing doing the transfer. I see.
0: So then there's a history to show how much it was actually acquired. Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: Because they will have paid taxation. Uh, at that
1: time. Yeah. Oh, before, we, but when you're talking about consent, then I'm the people were are going to ask what about me and I'm not married, you will do an affidavit of marital status. An affidavit saying, oh. I am not married, so I do not have to give you spousal consent, okay. so leave me alone. And this is
0: because we also have common law marriages.
1: Exactly, but... Yeah. Yeah, but... <laughs> 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 I am avoiding, I am avoiding these conversations <laughs> about <laughs> marriages. <laughs> thinking very hard i i am avoiding this conversation about marriages but let me just say this marriage in kenya in essence whether it's common law marriage it's christian marriage it's customary it's marriage all right whether you have a marriage certificate or not it is marriage Mm -hmm. okay so you need to also consent because you see people there are people who have been living together for 10 years where they don't have yeah what it's called kids or the certificate of marriage will you then will you then say that they are not yeah yeah so when
0: that is closing for example that they are not married Mm It's very really abstract. If there's no proof of marriage, well, there could be in form of children, but how is it in
1: fact? But no, you see, affidavit is a very powerful doctor. Exactly. You're the one so who's de- de- Exactly. Yeah. So if I declare that I am not married and the transaction goes uh, goes through and then um, someone comes and claims I am his wife or, mm. so, uh, you know, I am her husband, then you will be entitled to refund this person money with interest because you will have, what is it called? Falaka better one, with the affidavit. Mm. Yeah. Saying that you're
0: not. Yeah. yes and there's someone who can gain the right to be your spouse yeah,
1: exactly okay. yes interesting mm-hmm. so where were
0: we we were running down the last i think of the oh, or
1: the document the completion documents document. yes so this is on the side now of the seller what the seller and the advocate and or agent should give to the buyer the advocates and or agents right so we talked about the content the capital gains tax so we need now obviously that your your documents as an individual which means the uh KRIP certificate identification card or the copy they are in and copies of your passport photo photos. yes sorry passport photo in the essence of a company yeah. you need certificate of incorporation the kre of the company you need the identification card of the directors yeah. kre of the directors okay. and passport photos of the directors so in this essence of a company sometimes you find a company has more more than one director So you can find a company that has two or ten directors. So if all the directors are not signing the documents, maybe only one director has been appointed to sign the the, the documents on behalf of the company, you need something called a resolution. Resolution signed by all the other directors identifying this person as a person with the mandate to sign on behalf of the The company company in respect to this particular transaction, Transaction. in respect to the property you're acquiring. Yes, you need that. Yeah, yep.
0: So if they're not all signing, then we need
1: that resolution. resolution
0: signed by all the directors.
1: All the directors and sealed. Sealed by the company seal. Yes. Okay, so now let us just list them down so that we can have, you know, a list, a clear, whatever. So number one, oh, before we start listing them down, there's something I've not mentioned Obviously, one of the computer documents is going to be the transfer document. The document that the form, the prescribed form that is prescribed by the law to do the transfer. And so this is,
0: what is at the
1: lands register, Exactly. So that's which document documents. Yeah it needs to be in triplicate which means all the other documents need to be in triplicate because each form needs to have its accompaniment yes yes alright so another thing all these documents the KRAP and the certificate of incorporation needs to be certified by an advocate because these documents you are giving are copies so you need to take to and to your advocate the original one so they can verify against the copies and certify that this copy is a certified copy of the original right so the documents need to be certified right so obviously the original certificate of title they... Yeah, because
0: now that's going to be changing hands for me. Exactly.
1: Eight yes so when you have this document, all these documents are the ones you can you send to the buyer's advocate so let's list them down number one the original certificate of title in respect of this property number two are tra- transfer documents duly signed by the seller and executed by the advocate in triplicate number three we need to have the land control board content to transfer the original of it right number three or is it number four number four we need the uh in in uh, in respect of certif- in a certificate of leases of property of leaseholds we need the rates clearance certificate the late clearance certificate of that year up to date yes good up to date number three we need three Five. okay sorry <laughs> Thank you, David. Number five, we need colored passports photos yes. of all of the sellers. Uh, there are two whatever yes. the sellers. Whether
0: well, they were holding mm-hmm. jointly and yes. or, or they were holding each yes. a company. Yes.
1: yes, so three colored passport photo. photos. Yes, number six, right? Mm. I think I got this correctly. Yes. We need a um, certified copy of the vendors identification card and by the vendor we mean the seller then number seven we need certified copies of the vendors KRA pin certificates Mm. yes Yes. number eight we need the affidavit of my status or in, in, in 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 lieu of the con the spousal consent yes also for the sponsor consent um then we need the capital gains tax certificate or is it called the capital gain tax acknowledgement slip or the exemption slip but all this is if required and uh, like i say that the transaction that like, you don't need yeah. this particular one so it is if required and i think that's all yep to which before you say where they submitted there's something we forgot so that, all that is when you're buying from a natural person so if you're buying from a company everything we've stated but then add a certificate of incorporation a certified copy obviously the certified copy of the company's carry pin certificate certified copy of the director who is director or directors who is or who, who are signing for that particular transaction if one if it's one director as a resolution giving mandate that particular director to sign and
0: specifically
1: for that for that particular property not a general like it's, yeah. it's actually a special resolution and then we need copies of id certified copies of ids for this particular director and their care repin as well then three passport sized photos for this particular one the documents from the company that means the resolution needs to be sealed by the company's seal which means even the transfer form signed by the director needs to have where against where the director is signing there needs to be a seal of the company I
0: think it's fancy. It's Yeah, involving.
1: see why you need an advocate
0: yeah <laughs> and i can see why then the transaction could be into 90 days because okay. just putting those documents together, together take a bit of time. yes
1: so once these documents are together the advocate of now the seller has having compiled these documents together now notifies the advocates of the buyer that we have the completion documents in order when notifying them they give them copies you remember you're supposed to give originals yes. right so you give them copies to show them actually the folder is ready it's complete mm-hmm. which means now get your client ready for the balance of the transaction like give me the check for the balance remember you already paid 10 percent so you have a whole 90 percent waiting so it was waiting for these documents to be ready so these documents are ready which means you can now proceed and do a transfer which means you also need on your side to pay uh, the balance of the purchase price so once the advocate has notified your advocate of the readiness of the completion of documents then you you can also this one now depends you can proceed and um, depends on the terms of the argument like i said you can proceed and send the balance of the transfer directly to the seller or just to be extra cautious you can insist that the money is sent directly to the advocate of the seller and the advocate of the seller is going to hold that money and the, the title has been Exactly. So if that is the case, then the, the advocate of the seller needs to give your advocate something called a PU. A PU means professional undertaking that they will hold these funds in their account and not transfer to their client until the transaction, which means the title has been transferred to the buyer's name. Please remember the seller is the vendor. So the purchaser. So the purchaser or the purchaser's advocate will get an undertaking from the advocate of the vendor slash okay. seller. But this is known as to be extra cautious. In okay. essence, once you have received all these documents, it means you're ready to go in essence. But to be
0: the transfer
1: is majorly done. Because you have the documents yeah. on your side. You have you have confirmed that the title is there. It is the yeah. original one. The you have been
0: you're holding the funds essentially because what you don't want is for anything to happen here in between, mm-hmm. and then the funds are with. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you've already
1: gone. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So you just to be extra cautious, okay. you can send the funds directly to the advocate of the now the seller. Then the seller will release the documents mm-hmm. to your advocate, who mm-hmm. will now load the documents to the land to the respective land registry for the transfer. So the transfer normally takes between. Up to seven days to two two weeks to one month depends. That mm-hmm. one is not standard. Depends with how the registry performs, with okay. how expedient they are.
0: And there have been a lot of changes, I know. at uh, uh, so, of many, the, so
1: many, of so the many, so many, so many. That uh, should be a conversion for another day because that one should be an extensive. It has so much implication on our only. transactions and even the procedure that we've just described. Okay. Yes.
0: Okay. Um, but what we've talked about is actually what we would say is the current procedure.
1: Yes, despite the changes, the structure of it or the essence of it is still the same.
0: Monica, thank you so much for another insightful session. I think, you know, when we have a clear understanding of just how due diligence is conducted and even more understanding how the transfer and registration of property in Kenya works, property investors are much more enlightened about how they can proactively engage with not just their legal representatives, but with the process as well. You know, sometimes we hand over documents for these processes um, and we're often very clueless about the expectations, uh, timelines or you know even why the process may be as engaging as it is so thank you so much for the information that you provided you know some of us may get curious about what is happening you know behind the scenes and i'm also sure that the technical details of what happens there may not be of much interest to also many others but you know certainly i feel like knowing what it takes to move property from one set of hands to another gives us all a greater appreciation of the work that those in the fraternity, Monica. Do yeah. so. I also feel that it compels us, you know, to have a, a deep appreciation of how we handle our property. I mean, this information is supposed to be empowering in that, in that sense. You know, for someone keen to understand some of these things i think these past two episodes have been you know quite informative i feel like when people are better informed they're able to make more solid decisions and overall you know achieve better results again monica thank you a whole lot you know for making time to engage with us and just share your deepest insights with us (laughs) someone somewhere will come across this and appreciate it as much as we have so we'll be doing some follow-up episodes to this legal series where we shall discuss in greater detail some of the variations to this process Specifically, property that is being transferred that is already under encumbrance, you know, an inherited property that is either being sold or transferred. So, Monica, can't say this again. Overstate it too much. Thank you. We really appreciate you. Good people, that concludes this episode of the podcast. We hope you learned something new. Send us any questions, comments, and feedback you may have, including any topics of interest you may want to have featured here. Of course, you know, we'd be glad if you share this podcast with your friends, rate it, and leave us a review wherever you come across it, and subscribe to get notified of upcoming episodes. This goes a long way to support our work. Connect with us on our social media handles, included in the description of this podcast do you have a story in the real estate space in kenya that can inspire inform and educate to feature as a guest please fill out our podcast guest form and tell us a little bit about yourself and the topics you would like to discuss we would love to hear from you so you just send us an email you know send us a whatsapp message and we shall pick up the conversation with you lastly you can support this production financially by contacting our marketing team to advertise on the podcast or through your generous giving by using the links in the description of this podcast. Thank you so much for your love and support. We totally, totally appreciate it. And catch you on the next episode.
1: Bye.